for me, one of my favorite verses is, is how do I respond to anxiety is Philippians 4, uh, 6 through 7. It tells us, you know, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. I know it can be easy to think maybe that's simplistic, but I think as a, a first step for us, we should be making our anxieties as I lay in bed at night, you know, wrestling with uh, worries about the day or thinking through things. Have I taken those to God in prayer? With the state of our world, our nation, even trickling down into our community, it is no surprise that anxiety now plays a huge role in our thoughts, in our actions, and I know that it is a heavy subject to talk about. So to say that I'm excited about the content that we're about to bring you, um, I don't know if that's accurate, but I am looking forward to this conversation because it will bring you information that we might not want to seek out on our own. We might not want to talk about this because it's a very hard subject to talk about, but the truth is we all need to hear it. Now, our focus will be on teenagers and students, but I believe that this podcast really can be for anyone. If you've experienced anxiety yourself, if you have young children who are exhibiting some pre-anxiety behaviors, or if you have children who have left the nest and maybe you have an, a, a new anxiety for them, I really believe that everyone will be able to leave this podcast with a little nugget of truth that will help you. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to our guests. Uh, Caleb Creel is our student minister here at Graceland Baptist. He works with our sixth graders all the way through college age students. And he has brought along his wife, Molly, that I'll let him introduce you to. But first, Caleb, tell us a little bit about yourself. Awesome. Yes, it's a privilege to be here, Jenny. Really excited to be creating some parent equipping moments as part of our uh, podcast here at Graceland. Uh, Love working with students, love serving families as well and helping equip them as they seek to make disciples in their home. And it's exciting to have Molly here with us today, too. Uh, We've been married for almost six years now, and we've been working with students both together for about 10 years almost, and then even individually before that. So excited for her. She works uh, in the social work field. Her current job is as an in-home therapist in our area. Uh, She studied social work. She's finished her master's in social work. And so really excited to include her in this conversation about anxiety day. So thank you, Molly, for taking some time out of your morning to be with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Molly, do you want to add anything to your job, what you see day to day? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Like Caleb said, I have my master's in social work and I'm a therapist here in Southern Indiana. So I get to work with kiddos um, all the way as young as like two and a half um, to adults, uh, wide range working just in the mental health sector, getting to help people with things like anxiety and depression. I specialize in working in trauma, working with families, doing parenting. Um, So I get to really just uh, be in the environment, in the home, which is a really neat experience to help individuals and families that are experiencing just day-to-day struggles. Wonderful. Well, I look forward to, like I said, I look forward to the information that you guys are going to bring to us to lay the foundation. Um, If you were to ask me, who is not, I'm not an expert, Google would be where I would run to for a definition for anxiety. 
um, which might not always be correct. Can you just lay that groundwork on what is anxiety um, or maybe even what is it not? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I just want to start off by letting everyone know that anxiety is really normal. Everyone experiences anxiety. So I think that sometimes we get this picture in our heads that it is just some really like obscure thing that only certain people have to deal with. And that's really not the case because we all have stressors in our lives that cause us to feel anxious. I think another key distinction is to know the difference between fear and anxiety. So fear is really just like your response to like a real or perceived like threat. So for example, um, I literally hate snakes so much um, and I'm scared of them. Uh, So I don't want to see them. I don't want to imagine them. I don't want to deal with snakes. Um, So when we start talking about anxiety um, is where we move from that like emotional response to that threat that we think is going to happen to being really just like anticipating that future threat. So if I'm like, hey, there might be a snake in this house I'm going to go into and I have real like way of thinking yeah there's probably snake because they're like hey I have a pet snake it would be normal I could feel fear about that Um, however if I couldn't go into any home because I was concerned there might be a snake there that's when we're starting to talk more about anxiety Um, I'm interrupting my day-to-day schedule whether it be like work or whatever because I'm so concerned so wrapped around this perceived potential there could be a snake there that's when we're kind of talking more around like the anxiety realm Okay, so like an actual threat that you're afraid of versus a perceived, maybe hypothetical. And are there levels to anxiety? Like, is there, I can have a little anxiety or can I can be full-blown anxiety. Um, how does that present itself in, I, you said you worked with as low as two and a half years to adults. So what, how does that look in a child versus a teenager and an adult? Does it even look different? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I would say that it does differ, uh, especially for kiddos. You know, when we're looking at like a developmentally appropriate response, um, it's normal for a kid to be like concerned. Let's say um, anybody have a kindergartner that's going into kindergarten for the very first time. Like it would be totally normal for them to have some anxiety around what will it be like? Will I be with my friends? How am I going to be able to get through the day? Will I know where I'm going? Uh, Those types of things are normal. And it would be normal to experience that for a period of up to even, you know, some people say six months, like could be a normal amount of time to experience anxiety. Um, However, when we're looking at a really long period of time, when we're looking at something much bigger than it should be, like if we're talking about sticking with our kindergarten and going to school for the first time, um, if we're fast forwarding it now and we've got a ninth grader going into school the first time and they're still feeling extreme anxiety, like severe stomach problems, headaches, like I'm just cannot go into this school building because I'm so deeply concerned about, and there's a variety of things that you can feel anxious about. That's when we're also looking at um, some evidence that anxiety might be a problem for like, a kid or a student. So really just kind of a good gauge to look at is how long is this going on? Is this developmentally appropriate for the age range of my child? Um, And how big are we making this? Like, is this a real anxiety that would be, if you think back to the developmental level, and even really for adults too, like, am I making this bigger than it should be? There's some key indicators that you might be dealing with a little more 
anxiety that's going to interrupt your day-to-day life. So length of time and then the extreme mm-hmm. and maybe even the content, like the mm-hmm. the theme of the anxiety. Right. Okay. That's good. Um, I have a question. I... I keep hearing, you know, kids right now going to school with COVID, wearing their masks. My, I have two children in school, both who have to wear a mask in school. And I know if someone, I hope if someone listens to this six months from now, they'll be like, oh yeah, I remember when, but right now they're in school with masks. And I kept hearing people say, oh, well, kids are resilient. The resiliency is part of what as a parent bothers me. Um, yes, they, they present their anxiety in a different way, but will they have to deal with that resiliency? I'm using air quotes, um, <laughs> later on in life. How does that look later on for them to, to suppress their anxiety or, or is it just, well, it's developmentally res- appropriate for their age? I think we want to be really careful more throwing around words like resiliency because we don't want to be like, well, they're resilient, air quotes included, um, when really we're just like leaving a kid out in the cold and hoping that they're not, their symptoms are not so bad that they're bothering us. Like, so I think sometimes we want to be really cognizant and aware when we chalk things up to resiliency, we need to be careful to be able to know our kids. Um, As parents, that's, I think, one of your greatest assets. You know your kids best. Um, So, you know, I'm kind of here as like the expert today, but know that as a parent, you are really the expert on your own child. So I think one of the biggest things in helping your kids is saying, okay, I think something is off Um, and go with that. Don't um, let your gut of hey, I think something could be wrong with my kiddo right now. Don't ignore that. Like if you think something's wrong, you're probably right. So that's a great time to be able to know and see and just talk to your kiddo. I think one of the biggest things with kids and teens um, is that we tend to say like, oh, they probably got it figured out. Somebody else has probably ever talked to them about it. Um, But with children and teens, if we don't give them that truth and that information, then they are going to make something up most likely. And I think that's in my own work, one of the biggest things, because I do work with a lot of a variety of different situations um, is a lot of times when I see anxiety in kiddos, it's because they don't have all the information and they're either don't know or they're too scared to ask. Mm -hmm. So be proactive would be my biggest tip. Check in on them, let them know, Hey, like, how are you feeling today? What do you need? Do you totally understand what's happening here? Um, I don't think you can ask any of those questions too many times. Yeah, I think that's great. And we're going to get to tangible applications as a parent. So if you're listening and you're scrambling for a notepad and, and, pen like me, I'm old school, or you're rushing to your phone trying to write in your notes, hold on, we're going to get to some tangible applications, questions to ask your child to help them through anxiety in just a moment. But Caleb, I want to come to you and ask you from a biblical standpoint, what does the Bible say about anxiety when we're talking to our kids about the truth, right? That is, as a Christian, our truth is the Bible, the word. And we also know that the Bible tells us that, you know, Satan is ready to attack and he's waiting for those vulnerabilities to do so in the weakness and while I'm, I may not say I'm not saying that anxiety comes from the devil right it comes from Satan but it definitely is a vulnerability that as you said Molly we all have we all experience so going back to my question Caleb what does the Bible say about anxiety 
Yeah, I think the Bible has a lot to say, and we're, we're lucky as believers that we have truth on our side. You know, the Word has a lot to speak into our life. And going back to what you said, you know, our, our world is broken. We know we experience brokenness in so many ways, even impacting us in physiological ways, you know, all the way down to things like anxiety. Um, so as we think about what does the Word say, I think there's a lot of hope and truth that we can, can look to. Uh, we think about, for me, one of my favorite verses is, is how do I respond to anxiety is Philippians 4, uh, 6 through 7. It tells us, you know, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. I know it can be easy to think maybe that's simplistic, but I think as a, a first step for us, we should be making our anxieties as I lay in bed at night, you know, wrestling with uh, worries about the day or thinking through things. Have I taken those to God in prayer? Have I released you know, those worries to him uh, and surrendered them? And I think about a lot of practical examples of ways the Bible can speak truth to teenagers, in particular with some of their, their challenges. I know self-image is one we talked about beforehand, being a major challenge that teenagers face often, and let's be honest, adults too. Mm-hmm. But as, as teens think about the truth of the word, uh, you can think about, you know, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. What a, a good truth to remember that God has made me specifically how he wanted me to be, and that should speak uh, truth and, and confidence to me that if, if I'm wrestling with my self-image, let me remind myself of these truths that the word tells me rather than these, these worries and fear. But then lastly, I think as, as believers, it's not just a, a self-help thing, but it's reminding us of the gospel. You know, ultimately, our, our confidence has to be rooted in what Jesus has done for us. And if you think about the themes of the gospel, there's so many that speak to our sources of anxiety. You know, maybe there's guilt as part of our, our fear. Well, if my guilt is covered, I'm forgiven from my sins, I can find confidence in that. If I'm looking for acceptance, I can know I've been welcomed as God's child, perfectly accepted in the family of God. If I'm worrying that I'm not good enough, you know, I have the hope that one day I am perfect in Jesus. And as God looks at me, he sees me perfect in Jesus. So as we think through, you know, these practical tips, I hope that ultimately as Christians, we have that gospel foundation that serves as, as the you know, undergirding of all of these things we're doing to uh, fight anxiety, to, to seek to overcome it. Uh, it, it has to be rooted in the gospel. Yeah, I love that. And I love, you know, so many times we seek something before God and we forget that God wants us to come to him first. God wants our first fruits. And I think that includes our mind um, and our thoughts. When when we're aching, where do we go first? Like when we're physically aching, do we even pray to God that um, he would relieve us, us of our of our pain, or do we go straight to the medicine cabinet, right? As a child or as a kid, to to think right away, I need to pray about this is something that is really needs to be modeled in the home. Um, as parents, we need to show them and be that model for them that when we are struggling mentally, uh, heart issues, that that needs to go to God first. God wants us to come to him first. Um, And as important as that is, if they don't see us as parents modeling that for them, that's going to be something that's going to, it's going to be hard for them to grasp onto that if it's not a a foundation. So I want to move into these practical ways that we can help our child. Um, As they're working through anxiety, First, let's go to identifying. Molly, you've already referred to, you know, there are children. 
And if we've spent any time with them, we, we know them, right? We know when they're really not feeling well or when they're just trying to get out of something. We know when it's prolonged or when it goes away the next day. And so I believe that it is our responsibility to be able to identify some sort of anxiety. Obviously, it's not our job to diagnose it, right? That's, we leave that up to the professionals. But we can identify that, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I think something important to remember when we're talking about children and teens is that behavior is the primary way they're going to communicate with us. It's highly unlikely they're going to be able to say, hey, mom, um, I want to go to school today because I'm anxious. Um, But they might say, hey, mom, I don't want to go to school today because my stomach really hurts. Um, Or we do, I do an exercise a lot with a lot of kiddos, um, just to help them even be more aware of like, where do you feel? Tell me how you feel in your body. Um, because a lot, anxiety really tends to present a lot, children, teens, adults in our bodies. Um, I know in myself, um, even I couldn't really even sleep last night really well. Cause I was feeling some anxiety. Um, and my shoulders were literally like rocks, um, because we tend to hold anxiety and things like that. Um, in our body. Um, so helping kids even work through when they come to you with some type of, um, like body ache or complaint, help them work through that, like help them be able to identify that. Um, or when they are, um, just off in their behaviors, um, help them to be able to start to talk through what does that mean for you? Okay. I'm hearing that your stomach is hurting. Um, are you worried about something? Like, do you have a big test today? Um, how's everything going with um, your friends at school? Um, just kind of being able to even work through some of those common things that kids do worry about. Um, and like you said, with COVID going on right now, um, there's a lot of extra things to be anxious about. Like, are you, do you understand what would happen if you got COVID? Do you understand what would happen to our family? Do you know why we wear masks? Are you having a problem breathing with your mask on? Do you know what to do if you need to take a break? Um, Just working through some of those practical things to help them understand and really just giving them the information and freedom to be able to talk to you. I think it's so important. We, We can love our kids well, uh, by letting them know those problems matter to us, right? We show that to them uh, by caring. And what's more important to a middle schooler or a high school student uh, than knowing that you care, you know, that you're listening to them, you want to hear their problems, you're interested in their pas- passions, their challenges, uh, and they're going to go where, wherever they find that care. That's where they're going to run to, whether that's you as a parent, whether that's uh, us in ministry at church. So we, we want to show them that love and that care and pay attention to those those challenges. I love that. I feel like we have... You've given us such um, solid information to chew on. Uh, Maybe there are listeners who have not yet identified that, but now they're maybe seeing some light. And I really want to leave our conversation giving them some practical tips on how they can help in the home. Um, I think that's really important. Like you said um, earlier, Caleb, you said that we want to equip our parents, right? I love that word. We're giving them tools that they can access. Um, They're not always going to need them all at once, but it's just a matter of putting them away and knowing that that is something that they can use. So I want you to give them those tools in this next moment. But the end, would you just help our parents and myself included know that you know, when is there a time that you need to go to a therapist, right? You probably see people in your office that waited too long um, hopefully not more than those who came at the right point, but what is that right point when we need to really turn it over to a professional who have been trained 
to identify that and then maybe even diagnose with something if they need further help. So what are some practical tips and then when to see a therapist? Yeah, I think um, some really practical tips. Uh, we have an acronym that we like to use called HALT. Um, it's hungry. Acronyms. Yep, gotta love the acronyms. <laughs> hungry, angry, lonely, tired, and or thirsty. The T is <laughs> double duty. Um, so really just like a lot of times our kiddos just need a little extra help like, hey, have, when's the last time you had a drink of water? Um, are you hungry right now? Those things, check on those states first, like their physical body state. Can And think about in your own life, like when you're, you know, hangry is around for a reason. <laughs> um, so check on those states for your kids to see if that's something that they need before you start diving into some more, um, some other strategies. Um, I'm a big fan of deep breaths. Like I said earlier, I do uh, struggle with anxiety a lot. Um, and for me, just pausing, taking a deep breath, um, meditating on some scripture is really helpful to me. Um, so knowing that I'm going into a situation where it's going to make me anxious, um, or even it still catches me by surprise way more. I am a professional therapist and anxiety catches me by surprise. <laughs> like, it is yeah, comforting. like recognize, like it's going to blindside you. Um, and it's not because, um, you know, we are, horrible people, or it's not because you, if you just, um, worked harder or if you're a better Christian, um, everyone deals with anxiety and some of us deal with it on a more regular basis than others. Um, and we just use the tools that we have chief of which is prayer, like Mm -hmm. pray to God, God, I'm feeling anxious right now. Please help me in this moment. Um, so I like to say, use those practical things, but then also recognize as Christians, we have this awesome father and God that can help us in those moments. Two two more, just really practical thoughts for teenagers in particular is limit social media. I know there's more and more studies coming out, more and more awareness that social media can definitely influence in ways that feeds anxiety. I know we just watched a documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, which was uh, really, really helpful in just raising awareness for uh, some of those impacts. Uh, so I know limiting that, you know, whether that's uh, the amount of screen time, I would say definitely set limits for your teenagers uh, and definitely monitoring uh, that usage too, I think would be really important. There's great tools out there. Covenant Eyes is a, a really helpful one for just monitoring social media usage. Just be aware of the content uh, that is there that they're watching and how much time they're spending on it. Another really practical one that I know uh, has been super helpful for me is just being aware of, of diet and exercise. Those are two very tangible physical things that impact us psychologically. And sometimes we're not aware of the impact that what we put into our body with eating, uh, drinking, you know, so much caffeine content. I know uh, during quarantine, I got up to three cups of coffee a day pretty regularly. And <laughs> Started to feel it, started to realize, and, and we're not talking, you know, watered down office coffee, we're talking real coffee. And <laughs> and with that, just realized my, my caffeine intake was way too high. So scaled back two or less a day, and, and I've felt the impact of that in my life. And then exercise as well, just to get, get out in the world, get moving, uh, to really use that energy in healthy ways rather than letting it feeding. That's really helpful. Thank you so much. Caleb, Molly, thank you so much for your time, for your your vocational knowledge, for your biblical knowledge. it I promise you this will serve so many of our parents and adults listening to this podcast. Um, I can't wait to talk to you guys next about something else, but thank you so much for your, for your time today. Thank you, Jenny. Enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks for having us. 
Well, that's all I have for this moment. There are many ways you could have spent this time, and I'm just honored that it included us. I look forward to our next moment together, but until then, I would love it if you shared this with your friends by word of mouth or on social media and leave an honest review. When you rate and review us, it's helpful because it allows us to get connected with other people who might also be interested in this podcast. We air a new moment each Wednesday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of those. And lastly, I love connecting with listeners. I'm really here to serve you. If you have a topic you'd like me to include, a struggle you're having, or question you would like answered, you can send those to gracelandmoments at gmail.com. And until our next moment brings us back together, I hope you leave refreshed and encouraged today. Bye.